So we are um, leading up to uh, Easter, we're leading up to the move of Jordan uh, home, and we're using this month to um, clear the path within ourselves, to release us from the past, and to create a, um, a wide open space where something new can be birthed and created through us, and, um, and for us, for sure. And we're using my book, The Seven Living Words, as the guide, and the seven living words are the seven last words, or the reference to the seven last words that Jesus says on the cross, and they're actually sayings. And they're actually a metaphysical pathway for transformation, for moving from the old into the new. That's what these seven sayings represent. They're, they're, they're the stones upon which we can move from feeling crucified, from feeling separate, into our natural state of oneness, which is what the third living word is about. It is about the consciousness and the spiritual reality of oneness. And it comes through the words that are spoken to Jesus' mother and his disciple John. When Jesus is looking down and they said, he says, Woman, behold your son, behold your mother. And the essence of this, the spiritual essence is oneness. The activity that it calls forth is simply for us to care for each other. To take the time to help each other in our times of need. As it sounds so beautifully said, when we are at our end, when we are... Um, our strength has been depleted, which is actually a glorious thing to occur for us. Because when our strength is depleted, when we are done doing it our way, we finally turn to others and ask for help. It is caring for each other, helping each other, where we experience a bond, a connection that becomes timeless and it lifts us out of our neuroses and our crazy thinking and our self-obsessions. Simply by being together, helping each other. You know, when I, was, when I was a kid, I remember when uh, my dad and the neighbors built our garage. And all the men came together to help out. And, and I remember my mom barbecuing for everyone. And we sat in this framed out garage. And we had our dinner that night because they had erected the garage. And it was so much fun to see everyone come together. And then there was another time when the lady down the street was very ill. And the neighbors came together to bring food, to give rides, to do whatever was needed to be done to support her. And then there was the time when the neighbor uh, got a pool. And we went and helped put the pool up. And then we got a pool, and they came and helped us put our pool up. There was this experience of living on this block that I grew up on where everyone helped each other. And there was a sense of that, that it was my block. And when you're riding your bike down the street and someone was in front of their house, you waved, you said hello, perhaps you stopped. There was a connection that occurred and I believe came out of us taking care of each other and helping each other through simple things, through the day-to-day -day living. That's what we did back then. It doesn't happen so much anymore today that we do that, we hire out. We don't bother people. We don't have enough time. We don't want to impose upon others. Sometimes we will do that for sure. But mostly we become more and more and more self-efficient, which has its own benefits for sure. But the downside of being so darn self-sufficient 
is that we lose our opportunity to help others and we lose our, um, the healing power that comes from being helped by another. It's in those times where we experience this thing called oneness. There's so many gifts in beholding another, beholding them. The first primary gift is just that of intimacy, that, that feeling of care and connection, that, that um, looking into someone else's experience, and not only looking into it, but being a part of someone else's life experience. That causes intimacy. It causes us literally to feel each other. Not just hand something over or give something that makes a difference, but in intimacy, we are coming together in a very, um, very soft, subtle vibration. And inside that soft, subtle vibration, you and me disappear. Intimacy means that we are able to see into another, understand another, be with another. Um, in the world of form, but it's more than what's in the world of form. It's the energy that's underneath it that occurs that moves our heart. It's when that person is moved to tears, and we can't help ourselves but to move to tears with them. It is because that, that subtle connection, which is called oneness, we feel together when we are intimately connected. The second gift of intimacy, and I love the, to say this, I've said this often, intimacy means into me I see. So as we open ourselves up to be intimate with another, it quickly ricochets back upon ourselves, and we, it looks as if we're seeing into another, but what happens is we open up to ourselves. Suddenly you are moved inside, and you're actually moved in, in a way that is so personal, it's in reference to the other. You're crying with the other. You're feeling with the other. You're laughing with the other. But you are seeing into your own soul. You are gaining an understanding of your own soul. You're feeling that and you're sharing that. It is in the sharing of it that you become more aware of it and how it operates and what it's for. You also see, as we look into another, we see our pain. We see our fear. We see our truth. We see our innocence. We see our wholeness, our humanness, and our sacredness. There's so much to be gained through being with another, through being in that intimate space. Here at Bodhi, we do an exercise in one of our classes where we walk around the room and we simply, in silence with music playing, just look into each other's eyes for a couple minutes, or although that's too long, for, for maybe 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> for this exercise. Let's not get too into it. <laughs> Let's just sit in silence for a when we take the time to look into each other's eyes, the exercise is, what does spirit say inside of you as you're looking into their eyes? And then we write that on a piece of paper on their back. A lot of you have done this exercise if you've been in the foundations class. But what is beautiful about this exercise is the energy of the room after the exercise. It is after the, maybe 10 minutes, 10 minutes of time, 
of people walking around looking into each other's eyes and, and listening to the divine to, to hear what it is they see and sharing that. The room becomes softer. The room becomes deeper. Something shifts. Something is palpable. It's different because of the simple practice of taking the time to look at each other. And that something, I believe, is a felt sense of oneness. When we drop into that space, when we allow ourselves to become more and more intimate, for, for some of us step by step, because of our stories, because of our past, because of our fears, doesn't matter. As we move more and more into the gift of intimacy, it gives us our next gift, which is authenticity. You suddenly become able to be more authentic inside of your relationship. What a huge gift. In a world where there are so many inauthentic relationships occurring. When really on the street there is no telling what is true or what is not. I mean, the people will sell whatever they're going to sell and they'll say whatever they need to say for you to buy it. That's just sort of what it works. And, and you know, if, if someone makes the sale, then that's the win. Doesn't matter how the sale occurred. It's just, yay, the, the sale occurred and that's the win. In, in the inauthentic relationships, we're seeking to be liked. We're seeking to... Um, to not hurt someone's feelings. We're, we're seeking all of these egoic things. But underneath it all, do you know what we're really seeking? Intimacy. We are seeking to be connected with each other. But everything gets flipped over and we end up pushing it away. The very thing we desire in our inauthenticity, we don't get. Which it means we go home at the end of the day, at the end of the evening, more empty. We go more empty after a day of people-pleasing, after a day of codependency, after a day of not telling our truth with love or out of love. Who cares? Just tell it. When we, when we keep withholding ourselves and acting inauthentically, we become more and more empty. As we step into intimacy, as we allow ourselves to say yes to this vibration of oneness, it all starts turning around. And you've had that experience. You have had the experience where someone has told you a truth, where they have felt that, that they have felt afraid to share, or you yourself have stepped boldly out and shared something that felt so vulnerable, so, oh, I have so much shame around this, and you finally said it, and the person just looks like a big, soft, mushy puddle. They're just like, that was so beautiful. That was so... How is it possible... That that which you have deemed so wrong, that which you have to keep secret, that which you have worked so hard to build walls around using your vital life force itself to keep you protected. How is it that sharing that is beautiful to another? Isn't that confusing? And yet it's true. It's true not because it's about the thing itself that you share. It's about the fact that you let the walls down. You shared something that was real for you. And the other person felt that. So uh, more times than I can count, I have revealed something that I thought surely I was one of the only ones that was doing that or thinking that or feeling that, only to find that so many do. It's so common. 
It's so common. And the commonality leads us into the oneness. That's why it's common. There's a common knowing of God that we can share. It becomes individualized. There's a common knowing of fear that we can share. It becomes individualized. All of these experiences of life that we feel so individualized in, when we let those walls down and begin to share, step out into intimacy and authenticity, we begin to experience a connection and inside of that connection, healing occurs. The walls that we put up create a self that is separate. And we'll call this self the self with a small s, as we often do here. But the walls that you put up create a self. They create an identity structure that is separate. That identity structure takes your life force and uses it to maintain its identity. So maintaining a separate self actually is unhealthy. Maintaining, using your energy to create and to keep a separate self, to protect yourself from others, is destructive ultimately. And in the opposite, when we step into being with another, caring for another, when, we, when, the, when something in life just pulls us outside of that and we lose ourselves, when, when we say we lose ourselves, we, the paradox is we lose ourselves so that we can find ourselves. I'm losing myself in this. <laughs> My point is that our self-obsession shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. Life calls us to be of service outside of that. And when we, when we step into that, we lose that smaller self. We lose that sense of separation. And what we find is the higher self that we actually are. I have a friend, and she walked through releasing her partner through um, to, to releasing his body, and she was with him every single day in the end. She gave of herself completely. She would tell you that it actually was not a sacrifice at all. It was actually one of the most precious times of her life was when she could care for her partner in those last days. And there are times when it wasn't easy. There are times when she would go out into the garage and kick and scream and cry and wail in her humanness. But when she went back into being of service to helping one of her beloveds, when she was beholding in him his holiness and helping him make this transition, she lost herself. She lost herself, and she never felt better about herself. And if you knew the self she lost, she'd be like, good thing. <laughs> Crazy addict, neurotic fool. <laughs> but the time of giving of herself in this most wonderful, generous way caused her to find a part of who she is that she never would have known had she not stepped into helping and caring for another, of stepping into that oneness. There's a story about a man whose wife has Alzheimer's. And he's an old man, and she's had it for years. 
for years. And it's actually at the point where she's now in a senior home, which was by the force of the children to finally get her into assisted living, assisted care. And this man continues to go every single day. He has made the caring for her his purpose in life. Now he has the time to give, he has emotion, he has the energy to give. But if you ask him what he's doing, because the children are concerned about him. They're telling him that he needs to find something else to do. He needs to start getting his own life back. He needs to start doing these things. And his response is, this is my life. What life is there to get back? What are you referencing? He is in service to another, meaning what he would say is his agreement that he made when they married. But deeper than that, the soul commitment that he is stepping into is, is shaping him, is causing him to lose his self. And to the world of form, when we lose ourselves to, to the others, it looks like there's something wrong that may be occurring. But often, inside of the center of it, there is a spiritual awakening. There is an a, um, expansion occurring inside of your being that is so precious and important, and I would say a divine appointment for each of us. Now, those are some extreme stories. Mostly... We operate in that sort of gray area where we can sort of get by with not giving or thinking someone else will do it or, 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 make, or living in that smaller self, the stories of the smaller self that says I'm not available, there's not enough time, whatever that smaller self says. Simply it's just using whatever words it can use to keep you separate. But for us, do we really want to wait for a catastrophic event to occur to rattle us? into our awareness of, wow, getting out of myself is a really good thing because I experience a greater self. We want to start doing that in the simple day-to-day -day opportunities because every single day we can wind ourselves down into that experience of oneness. We can choose that for ourselves and we can begin with that at the start of our day and move into our day, into that experience. We have to be conscious of choosing it over and over and over because it has become uncommon. It has become, become uncommon to know yourself as every person who's walking down the street. It is very odd to think that every person in your office environment, on your floor, is you are one with. It is very um, strange for you to move through life seeing everyone as your reflection. And yet, that is what we are being called to do. If we are to wake up to our divinity, if we are to wake up to, to what is true, it is through the support of seeing ourselves in others and helping others to see this within them. Now, so much in our culture comes from that right idea, but it got so askew with trying to make people be different or save them from this or, or, or calling this wrong and that right. All of that divide, you see, the ego will just go everywhere we go and it will learn the language of the Holy Spirit. And as soon as it learns the language, it will start using. So all this stuff has occurred to where we're sitting in the middle of not knowing which way to turn. 
We don't know. We have to just be real with them. We don't know what is to serve, what is not. When do we give? When do we not? It becomes so flipped over, and we don't want to impose upon anybody. We don't want to interfere. You see, that, that separating device is working all the time. And, that's, and it's valid. I appreciate the fact of looking at what's occurring and getting clean and clear around what is being called to come from you. But that is our work, to get clean and clear. What is yours to do? And it's much simpler, I think, than we make it. It's not going to wipe out your bank account and cause you to lose all of your free time. It's not going to consume you. It's really not. It's really just going to bring you out a little bit. And what I think happens, this is what happens to me, is if I step out into that act of service, what happens is I start to see the ways that I'm using my time and my talents, or I'll say that I'm wasting my time and my talents, and, and not, not um, being a good steward of them. So as I step into the service of others, it causes me to look inward to see where am I being a good steward? Where am I serving myself? It's the mirror, it's the reflecting back and forth. Let's stay down, let's keep going down into this idea of oneness because there's a wonderful, there's another gift that occurs. When you land inside of allowing yourself to be intimate, when you allow authenticity to flow through you in your relationships with another, and you're experiencing that oneness more and more and more, you start to see Literally, where you are, this thing called God. And suddenly this idea of right and wrong, good and bad, um, all of those dualistic um, ways of being involved, they start to dissolve. And you simply see everything that's occurring as just occurring. It just is. The car accident just is an experience. The person leaves because it's their time to leave. You didn't get the job because it just wasn't your job. It's very, very simple in oneness because everything's included. Nothing's divided. Everything that is happening is a part of, and it eliminates, it starts to dissolve the labeling. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, that should never have happened. All of those chronic ways of responding that keep us trapped, those will start to dissolve. And you will begin to see the substance of life, this thing called God, that is occurring in all of it. And you will find yourself not needing or wanting to judge or label. You simply won't because you're simply in connection with what's occurring. It's simply occurring. That's a phrase we use in my household a lot now. It's just occurring. It's just happening. This is simply what's happening. Because we're trying to get ourselves out of, oh, that's too bad. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with you? I'm trying to get out of that one. <laughs> no one ever asked me. I can fill that in. <laughs> but the allowing ourselves to be in the oneness over and over and over, dissolves. It dissolves the separating language 
It dissolves the part of the mind that separates. It dissolves the way that we see the world. It literally will transform the brain, the wiring. And you'll begin to see from the inner eye of spirit, which sees its holiness everywhere. You will begin to wake up. You'll begin to wake up and realize that behind all of this separating, all of this judging, all of this dividing, there is a divine reality of oneness that will become undeniable to you. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Don't you want that? Yes. To move your life and yes. to be in that unwavering consciousness. Yes. There's nothing wrong occurring here. There's nothing wrong occurring here. Stay with me because it doesn't mean you don't respond. You will respond. You will have in oneness, in what is occurring, you will have your most authentic response. Yes. You will have what is right and true for you, and you will discover you don't even need to think about it or figure it out. It doesn't, there's a, a fight occurring. You very well may be called to separate it or do what you're going to do. You may very well be called to let a wave of anger come through your body. All of it is included, but it's guided from a deeper part. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. It's guided from holiness, from oneness, from the substance from which we all come. And in that, whoo, you're so free. You are so free to just live and move and be present. And if there's a response to be had, it shall rise up when it's meant to be had. You don't need to figure it out. You don't need to think about it. You don't need to figure out what to say or how to do it. You just show up. You just show up and over and over and over you remind yourself, that which I see, I am. Yes. That which is occurring, I am. And inside of it, in back of all, God is. God is, I am. That's all we got going on. All we have going on. And finally, the most glorious thing arises for you, inside of you, which is, and who shall I be? And who shall I be? Isn't that a cool question? Who shall I be in response to life? Who shall I be in response to what's occurring? Suddenly, you are at this deeper inquiry. You're no longer trying to figure out what to do or how to make something happen. You are in this, who shall I be? And from your being, from your holiness, your wholeness, from your connection to oneness, to your to that part of you that knows to care for another, to support others, and allow that same gift to be done unto you. From all of that working perfectly, in harmony, effortlessly, with you doing nothing, you don't make anything happen, you're just there in the question, who shall I be in relationship to all of that? And the response that rises up from within you will come from a deeper place. And you will know your holiness. You will have this ability to be intimate and authentic everywhere you go. The walls will, if, even if they rise up, you'll quickly see them and just allow them to come down. Because your natural way of being will be to be intimate and authentic. And what you will discover is that those that leave, that's all right. They just weren't meant to stay. Those that stay are ready for a deeper experience. That's what we're seeking. That's what we're about. We're here to cause deeper relationships. We're here for a whole new expansion of intimacy and authenticity. And it lives from this wonderful natural state of being, which is our 
whiteness. Mm. It is who we are. So your homework this week. <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> you're, if you got to do your forgiveness one, you're going to be five on this one. Your homework this week is to practice looking through those eyes. Practice looking through the eyes of oneness. That, that which I see, I am. That person, I am. Just practice and, and just keep it very neutral. Um, you know, that anger I see, that is me. That joy I see, that is me. That sadness I see, that is me. Just walk through this week connecting yourself. You are connected anyway. That's already occurring. I'm just inviting you to become conscious of it through creating connection. And number two, in that connection, how could you be of more service? How could you help another? Perhaps it's a person sitting next to you, or perhaps it's a person who's living with you in your house. Who knows? You know. There's a way that you will find that you can give and help another, and you will experience the oneness. It will just multiply and multiply and multiply. Yes? Yes. Very good. Take a deep breath. Turn this down.